Grace and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for our sermon is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, which I will be reading in order after the introduction of our sermon. Brothers and sisters in Christ, in our gospel lesson, we see John the Baptist fulfilling the very reason why God even created him. Yes, John preached the law, but the point of preaching the law was to show them they needed a Savior. And when he saw the Savior walking by, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And that reminds us what God prophesied in Isaiah 49. Jesus is not just the Savior for the Jews. He's the Savior for the nations, the entire world. Now, the next day, remember, John the Baptist had disciples, people who were learning under him. Uh, The next day, as Jesus comes walking by, he says to two of his disciples, Andrew, and another disciple named John, who actually writes the Gospel of John, he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Hint, hint. Get going, you two. Go, go. And they take the hint and they follow Jesus. And Jesus says, what are you looking for? And they said, Rabbi, where are you staying? Come and you will see. So they get initially the wooing and winning that will lead to the call when they will be disciples. Now they both go off and tell their brothers. And months later, with their brothers and what they used to do being fishermen, they were in their fishing business when Jesus says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So... Jesus is the Lamb of God, and we see the first two disciples gently being wooed and won, and then they turn around and do what all Christians do. They share the good news. Andrew says to his brother, you and I know him as Peter, Hey, I found him, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so today, brothers and sisters in Christ, in our epistle lesson at the very end, the Apostle Paul says, God is faithful through whom you were called into a joint participation with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. You too have been called. And so today our sermon theme is, you have been called into fellowship with the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, Paul begins his epistle by stating his qualifications. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, through the will of God and Sosthenes, the brother. It appears that Paul has a vision problem or a shaking problem because like in Galatians, he writes, I sign this, see what big letters I I sign with. So it's probably that Sosthenes is actually functioning as the Apostle Paul's scribe. Both of them have been called into fellowship with the blood of the Lamb. Paul, to be an apostle, to make sure the word of God is being taught. And as it's inspired and wrote down, he's one of the guys who can say, yes, this is the word of God. And ironically, he will be the guy who writes the most of the New Testament of all the others. And Sosthenes is called to be an evangelist. So they both in unique ways have been called to pour the blood of Christ, the Lamb of God, upon those that God presents to them. But who's this letter for? To the church, namely the one which is in Corinth. So we always have to remember when we read the letter to the Corinthians, it was written for all time, for all Christians, but it was written with the setting of what was going on in Corinth. And recall, the Corinthians had a lot of problems. But what does he call them? He says, to those who have been set apart as holy in Christ Jesus. We often translate that word as sanctified. Or we talk about law as a guide. 
But the Greek word means set apart, as so does the Hebrew word uh, in the Old Testament, kadosh. You have candles in your home. Sometimes when the electricity goes out, especially thanks to Wyoming winds, you light a candle so you can see what's going on in your house. Sometimes you light candles because they give off a fragrant aroma. But the candles we use in our church are set apart for a different purpose, aren't they? They're set apart to remind us of the eternal light of the Holy Spirit and God's grace. We have seven of them on either side of the altar to remind us God is three in one. We have two on the altar to remind us of Jesus is two nature, true God and true man. And so they're set apart for a different purpose. And that's the neat thing about how Paul is referring to the Christians at Corinth. And really, it's all Christians. God has set you apart for his holy purposes. You, like everybody else, were created with a sinful nature and you were living in a world of darkness and yet God set you apart. Here's the meaning of life. When you're an unbeliever, the meaning of your life is to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. When you have been brought to faith by God, Jesus sets you apart for his holy purposes because he sends somebody else with that message. There's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He sends somebody else that message and he sends his Holy Spirit so that you believe. Now, once you've become a believer, your message is to always stay strong in fellowship with the blood of the Lamb and to get to tell other people Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You have been set apart for God's holy purposes. You don't have to be a pastor to be set apart for God's holy purposes. He has sanctified your careers. He has put you there so that people, even if they don't see you directly say, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, they see you in your careers, in your vocations, as somebody who has been washed in the blood of the Lamb, who has been set apart for God's holy purposes. We are citizens of a heavenly kingdom, not of this world. And so he says called saints. The Greek word literally is called holy. We're not talking about people you pray to because they were so especially holy. That would be idolatry. We're talking about you. You have been called holy. Together with all those who keep on calling upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in every place, theirs and ours. To call upon the name of the Lord is to recognize the work that his name represents and ask God to do it. Like a child at night when they hear something scary and they throw the bed sheets over their head and cry out, Daddy! And Dad comes barging in. This is what we do with God's names. When we need comfort, when we need to be assured that our sins are forgiven, the name Jesus, which means Savior, the name Christ, he's anointed to do this. Lord, which means he's God, the master of the universe, and the Lamb of God reminds us that His blood, not ours, His work, not ours, washes us clean. And so you call upon Him in every trouble to pray to Him, to praise to Him, to give thanks to Him. And yes, you even call upon Him for your unbelieving neighbor and relatives and say, Lord, let me be your messenger and send others to also plant in water that you are the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And he says, grace and peace from God, our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. You only have grace from God through the blood of the Lamb. You only have peace when Jesus removes your sin. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you have been called into fellowship with the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You've been called into holiness. You have a sinful nature, so you never feel holy. 
You know you screw up in sin just as I do. But Jesus says, yet my blood washes you clean. If you want holiness to shine more through you, then it's not a 12-step process. It's simply be in the word where God has set you apart for holiness and God will work this through you. Now, brothers and sisters in Christ, he continues in verse 4, I'm always giving thanks to my God concerning you on account of God's grace, which was given to you in Christ Jesus, that in everything you were enriched in him in every speech and every knowledge. The Corinthians had a problem. I follow Paul. I follow Apollos. Pick your apostle. Pick your evangelist. Pick the one that, whose gifts you like the most. And, and you say, this is the guy to be following. And, and Paul has to correct that. I say, no, no, no. You follow Christ. You stay in the word. But the amazing thing here is they were focusing on individual people's gifts. But brothers and sisters in Christ, we've got to remember the one who gives the gifts. That's God. And what is the reason why he gives the gifts? He gives the gifts to support and to proclaim the message, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And I've seen little children age three sing, Jesus loves me, this I know. And don't kid yourself, right there you see the gift of being able to say, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Very interesting, as he says, enriched in him in every speech and in every knowledge. The Greek word that we translate as speech is the Greek word for word. We have been gifted with the word of God that shows us that we need a savior and that Jesus is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And he's given us every knowledge. All the world has knowledge. And it's amazing how science can take a look and discover the wonders of God's creation and be able to cure us of, of illnesses and things like that. And that's a blessing. But true knowledge begins when you recognize the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Having been set apart for His holy purposes, you live your life with Jesus as the Lamb of God. That's always before your eyes and that's the filter through which you view everything. You have a different kind of knowledge. The world sees hardship in your life and says, where is your God now? How can your God love you so much? And you, you look at it and you say, oh no, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, ruling for me. He has a reason for this. He has a reason and he's using it for my blessing and the blessings of others. You have true knowledge. Knowledge that can take a look at the Lord's Supper and say, no, there's the body and blood of Christ no matter what the world says. It's a miracle. It defies science. But there I am nourished and edified. How do you get this knowledge? You get this knowledge by being in the Word. And ironically, then, when you're in the Word, God is gifting you to proclaim the Word. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so he says in verse 6, just as the testimony of Christ was established with the guarantee among you, it's actually a banking term in secular Greek, if you will. If you go to the bank to get a loan for a car, they say, how do we know that we will get our money out of you? So normally the car becomes the security, right? That's the guarantee. They can repossess your car if you default and they can sell it and get their money's worth. This is why they ask you to also show proof of full coverage and sometimes gap insurance if the car is covered. So there's a guarantee there. Jesus has given you a guarantee. The guarantee is the Holy Spirit. 
Now, in the early days of the New Testament church, they gave the apostles and the evangelists the ability to do miracles as kind of a guarantee that this is the word of God. But now that the word of God has been inspired and recorded in, all, in, in the New Testament, we point to the word of God. And the guarantee is that you cling to that word of God. Nothing else is the Lamb of God, not even me that takes away the sins of not just mine, but the world, but Jesus is. With the result that you are not lacking in any gift while you eagerly await the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. I actually like the way the inspired Greek language says this. With the result that you are not lacking in the sphere of no gift. It uses double negatives to emphasize you have all the gifts you need. Now we might turn around and say, oh yes, a bigger congregation has that. And we might be jealous. If only we had the money. The money for the advertising of the bigger church. The money to call another pastor and an evangelist in our congregation. If only we had a, a, a choir director. And if only we had a, a spot there where we didn't have to worry about the snow drifting in and, and blocking off our entryway. And if only we had a more visible presence. And if only, if only. No! This is God's promise to you as a member of Lord of Lords Evangelical Lutheran Church. Lord of Lords Lutheran congregation is not lacking in any gift while it eagerly awaits the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. And by revelation here, it's talking about when Christ returns as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And even the most devout God denier of Jesus Christ will have to admit that, yes, that was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And I was denying him. So God has given each one of you individually, natural and spiritual gifts and you come together collectively to form the congregation of Lord of Lords Evangelical Lutheran Church, and we have all the gifts we need to fulfill the mission of telling the community around us, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And if you doubt that, I can tell you as a pastor, I notice when you are gone from worship. When you are gone, when you take vacation, stuff like that. And I don't even mean that in a bad way. I mean that as a compliment to you. Because each one of you has unique gifts that you bring. Some of them support the proclamation, behold the Lamb of God. Others are really good at showing. And others are really good at telling. But all of them combined, natural and spiritual, come together. So that Lord of Lords Evangelical Lutheran Church has every gift it needs at this time in history, at this location in the world, to proclaim that message. Brothers and sisters in Christ, each one of you individually were called into fellowship with the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You are individually called into holiness and together we form the congregation that as a whole shows the holiness, but you are also individually called into the giftedness. Now, As a side note, this is another reason why we encourage brothers and sisters in Christ who do not come regularly to worship. You see, it's not just that they're not feeding their own souls. By not feeding their own souls, they're not being empowered to feed the souls of others and share the blood of the Lamb. But they're also not using their gifts as a whole either. We hurt and ache when our members are gone. And so you've been called into fellowship with the Lamb, called into holiness, called into giftedness. He has given each one of you uniquely gifts to support and proclaim that message. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He continues in verse 8, who will also establish you with a guarantee until the end without accusation on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. So again, he points to judgment day. Now, if you die before Christ returns, that's your judgment day. If we're the last generation, the judgment day is our judgment day. 
Do you ever worry about that? Do you ever worry, what happens if I stand before the Lord and he says, ah, there was one sin on the book. There was one that didn't get washed away. Off to hell you go. And it's why I pointed out earlier in verse 6, because it's the same Greek word, established you with the guarantee. The guarantee God gives you is his Holy Spirit, who is strengthened and kept in your heart through the word and the sacraments. If you want to have a stronger faith, be in the word. You don't have to follow a 12-step process or a prayer process. Be in the word. Now, certainly I'm not discouraging prayer at all, but be in the word. And there's another guarantee he's given you besides the word. He recognizes you and I, we make mistakes and, and, and we need to hear that word. We need to receive the blood of the lamb in more ways than one. So he gave you the guarantee of baptism. There I sealed my Holy Spirit in your heart. And he gives you the guarantee of the Lord's Supper where he says, you receive the body and blood of Christ where you are connected again in fellowship, a joint participation with the body and blood of Christ with our triune God, but also we take it together as a congregation where we are united together with each other as a family. Yes, God has given you a guarantee. Certainly a person can harden their heart towards God. But the person who's worrying, we don't turn them into themselves and say, look for a burning in your bosom or look for emotions. Oh, no. The guarantee God gives you is in his word and sacraments. And there he says, I keep you safe. And so he says, God is faithful through whom you were called into the joint participation with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. God is faithful. We could translate that Greek word as trustworthy as well. God remains true to his promises. He never drops his promises. There's another guarantee for you. And the word again assures you, you can look at it throughout history. You can look at it applied into your life and say, yes, God has remained faithful and steadfast. I can trust in him. So you were called into that joint participation. Now, it's interesting, the Greek word used, if you jointly participate, and this is the mystical union of all believers. As John will later say, according to Jesus, I am the vine, you are the branches. The blood of the lamb flows through you in a spiritual way that defies human understanding. But if you're connected to him and he's eternal because he's not just a man, he's true God and true man, then you have eternity. You have a place before the throne. So you're called into eternalness. God has given you a guarantee of that. You will be before his throne forever. And so, brothers and sisters in Christ, we rejoice that you have been called into fellowship with the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Called into holiness because his blood has made you clean. He has set you apart to be one of his priests who shares the good news of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And when you tell people that, you're his mouthpiece in removing their sin as well. So you're called into holiness. You're called into giftedness. Each one of us has different and unique gifts, natural and spiritual. And God pulls us together into a congregation through which we can share in our community the message that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And it goes along with having that fellowship with the blood of the Lamb that you're called into eternalness. You are guaranteed a place before the throne of God for all eternity. Amen. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, both soul and body, be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Amen.